0: Morning, everyone, and very welcome to our service this morning. And anyone who's watching online, you're very welcome. And I hope God blesses you through it. Um, Just let me give you a couple of uh, short announcements. Uh, Just to let you know that each week, although we're sort of uh, get low on children during the summer, uh, every Sunday there'll be a children's come family address every Sunday morning. Uh, If there aren't any children here, then I need to think on my feet, and uh, I need to make it a wee bit simpler for the rest of you. (laughs) Uh, uh, But there's also Sunday Club, and there's also Bible class, and they're going on every week. There's also a creche available just to my left, in at the quiet room, just through those doors, if you need that facility as well. After this morning's service, there'll be a a short special congregational meeting, so just please remain after the benediction. This coming Tuesday night, 27th of June, the church committee will meet at half past seven. Also we're hoping to hold an alpha course uh, for those within our church and also for those within our community, Uh, and this course will begin on Wednesday the 27th of September. If you'd like to volunteer to help in any way, please come to a meeting in the church this Thursday night, 29th of June, at half past seven. So we're looking forward to that, and the Deep Sea Fishing Trip is is on its way. It'll be taking place on Wednesday the 19th of July at half past six. A bit of crack for the men, and uh, we'll be leaving from the old pier. That's also known as the Eisenhower Pier. And uh, if you wish to t- join the trip, there's a sheet outside in the vestibule. Just put your name and your phone number down. Or um, if, you, if you get in touch with Billy Eakin via the Men's Fellowship WhatsApp. Um, also, you'll see on the order of service again, you see the request for help for Ben. Uh, if you could help Ben with this uh, kids club that he's hoping to hold. If you have any questions, please speak to him, either in person or using the details that are given in the order. Of service. Also, if anybody would like to become a Communicant member, uh, those classes will start in September. If you let myself know or Billy Heintman know, we'd appreciate that very much. Okay, let me just start uh, with a reading from the Old Testament. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And we're thinking, particularly today, about the presence of God in our lives, about the presence of Jesus in our lives personally and also as a church. Verse 11, I know the thoughts or the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can come here and you are present with us. And just to know that fact is a blessing in itself. Lord, we know that we have sinned. We know that we have fallen short of your glory, of your standards. But we thank you, Lord, that forgiveness is found at the foot of your cross. And Lord, during those crucifixion moments, Lord, the veil was rent from top to bottom And a sign that your presence was available for each and every one of us through Jesus Christ. And I just pray, Lord, that as we come this morning, that we might come with the attitude of not so much what we can get out of it, but, Lord, what we can give to you, how we can bless you, how we can worship you, how we can grow on our relationship with you. Lord, we pray, Father, that you'd be with everything that's said and done in the service for your glory in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. And we're going to uh, start by singing uh, There is a Redeemer. I'm going to ask Robert uh, to come up and do our first reading.
1: Okay, the first reading is from Acts chapter 2, and it be verses 1 to 12, and it's entitled, The Holy Spirit Comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men here speaking Galileans? And how is it that they... each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and convert to Ju- Judaism, Cretans and Arabs—we hear them all speaking. Sorry, we hear them all declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, "What does this mean?" Amen.
0: Thank you, Robert. Do we have anybody? We have. I don't want to. Embarrass any boys and girls, but would any like to come up to the front? There's a couple of wee seats up here, but if you feel comfortable just with mum and dad, I know when I was a kid, my mum would have been pushing me, go on, go on, go on, and I'd have been going, no. (laughs) So feel free to to be where you are, to sit where you are. But I just want to have a wee slide up here in a minute. Um, I want to say hello on somebody's behalf. There's a man called Alec Clark, really good friends with Alec, and he's 93, and he's from Sam Mills, and uh, he was a great encouragement to me whenever I was up in Sion, and he's been telling me for months, make sure you tell the congregation from me, hello, and all the best, and God's blessings to you. Now, he has a brother, actually. His brother's 100 years old, and his brother has a a girlfriend. (laughs) And sometimes Alec will come on and say, they've fallen out, she's fallen out with him. (laughs) But anyway, one of his favorite hymns is, uh, How Lovely Is Thy Dwelling Place. And this is one of the words from it, one day in your presence is far better to me than gold. And I was thinking about this over the week. There's nothing that is better than having the presence of Jesus in your life having the presence of God in your life every day. I want to use one example. For example, Moses. Moses. Hold on. Here we go. Moses. Yes. As you know, the story of Moses, I'm sure... The people of God were living in slavery for 400 years. That's an awful long time. 400 years under Pharaoh, an evil Pharaoh, and they were being beaten, and they were being killed, and they were being treated horrendously. And God heard the cries of the people, and, He he said to Moses, I want you to go down and rescue them. So you know the story. I don't need to tell you the story. But Moses came down, and after a long struggle and a long fight, um, Pharaoh said, Okay, you can go. Just go. Just leave. And there we have Moses is leading the people out of Egypt, and everything is great. This is a tremendous day. Further down the road, after a number of days, someone spots... The dust in the the distance, it looks like chariots. It looks like the dust that's created from horses. And somebody says, the Egyptians are coming. They're coming after us. And of course, Pharaoh had changed his mind, and he sent the armies out to kill them. So the difficulty was that just ahead of them was the Red Sea. Can't go that way. Behind them were the Egyptians... Can't go that way. What do we do? We're going to die. And the people started to panic and complain and say to Moses, why did you bring us here? Why did you do this? Would it have been better staying at home. And Moses said, do not fear. He says, don't be afraid. God will fight for you today. God will fight for you today. So as the Egyptians got closer and closer and closer and closer, Moses puts his hands over the Red Sea like this, and he begins to pray. And you know what happens? It's an amazing miracle, but the sea, God pushes back the sea on either side. So what opens up is the seabed, and they're able to walk safely over the seabed from one side of the Red Sea to the other. And when they get to the other side, they have a celebration, but the Egyptians are still coming after them. But then God, in his strength, pulls back his arms and allows the water to catch or to flood the Egyptians. And the Egyptian army was completely and utterly destroyed and defeated. And they they started to sing, they started to have a bit of a party. They were singing because God had been with them. His presence had been with them. And there's nothing more precious than the presence of God, the presence of Jesus with us for every hard time, for every difficulty. And, you know, if you read through the book, every time God calls someone to do something really difficult, like Jeremiah, Jeremiah goes, I'm only a young person, but I am with you. And Gideon says, I'm only a small guy, the smallest in the tribe of Benjamin, but I will be with you. And God told that to every person that he called, all I'm going to say to you is, I'll be with you. My presence is enough. For everything ahead, and when we think about, it, we if we come forward, uh, we, you know what we celebrate every Christmas time is, and we take for granted so much is the presence of God coming down to walk on this earth. We're told by the angels to the shepherds today in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord, God's presence upon the earth, okay? God's presence upon the earth, God with us, Emmanuel. So, yes, you know what that led to was Christ was crucified because he had sin to deal with, our sin. So he was crucified and dealt with that. And then he also had death, which came from sin, he had that to deal with, so he went and conquered death and was risen from the dead. And then after that, he spoke to his disciples. He sat down with them, and what does he say again? He says, I will be with you. He says, go and make disciples of every nation. And they're going, well, there's only 11 of us, and we're real weak, and look what happened whenever, you know, you were arrested. We all ran. You can't really trust us. And Jesus says, I will be with you. But more than that, he turns to them and says, don't you leave Jerusalem until I send you the Holy Spirit who will come and empower you to live the Christian life, and more than that, who'll give you the strength and the empowerment to be witnesses, to be my witnesses, so that the Holy Spirit would live in and through them. Now, (laughs) I I think that is just totally amazing. So he's telling each of us, and he's telling boys and girls, he's telling all of us, to to share the good news of the gospel. How do we know what God's presence? How do we receive God's presence, Jesus's presence into our lives? And there's the ABC of the gospel. The A is that we first of all admit that we have fallen short of God, that we're sinners, that we've failed. We admit that, we need to come to that point where we admit it and then believe that we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he really did die for me, that he dealt with my sin and he dealt with death. And if I put my trust in him, he will give me life. It's admit and then believe and then commit. Because you know what? A lot, a lot of religious folk can admit. A lot of religious folks can get to the point where they believe. But then there's commit. There's that response. I was just saying before the service there, I got my smart pass there on... On, uh, on Monday. I went to the post box and there I was, which was really good because my car was being fixed all week. So uh, Bill gave me a, a lift up one day, but then I was able to use the train. hadn't gone on the train for years. And it was really good. So platform four, that's how you get from Banger, or from Belfast to Bangers, is platform four. So I know what to do now, and I believe that's where you can get it. And if I said to people beside me, do you believe this is the banger? Yes, it is the banger. Okay. But then I need to actually, when the train comes, I need to step on it. Otherwise, it's useless. I go nowhere. So we admit that we're sinners. We believe that Jesus died for us, for our sins and rose again. And then we commit our lives to him in response asking for his forgiveness, and asking him to come into our lives. And we're told that he who uh, receives me, receives him, the Father who sent me. I'll never cast them away, and they'll be born again from above, a child of God, by the Spirit of God, coming to live in us. So that's, that's the good news, that whatever... Our situation, Jesus says, I will be with you. 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 Come into the New Testament. He's saying more than that. He says, not only will I be with you, I'll be living in you. I'll be living in you. My presence will be in you. So um, I've got, we've got a wee video for you to show, to show you about the Holy Spirit coming on Pentecost. Uh, so we'll sit, sit back and watch this wee video. Very short.
2: Stories of the Bible. God is with us. This is Jesus. Hey! Jesus is the Savior of the world and the Son of God. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love. He healed many people from their sickness, performed many miracles like calming storms. Oh, shush, shush and even raised people from the dead. Uh, But some people did not like what Jesus was doing. Uh And they put him to death. He died on a cross and was buried in a tomb. For three days, Jesus' body laid in that tomb, and it seemed that there was no hope. But very early on Sunday morning, the woman who cared for Jesus went to go visit his body found that his tomb was empty and that he was no longer there ah! for he was risen he was alive Woo-hoo! huh hey oh ah! and then for the next 40 days jesus appeared to his disciples and many others and showed them that he was alive and well oh! He taught them that what he did was the only way that they could be forgiven and be with God forever. Jesus told his disciples that he did all the things that God had told everyone that he would do, and the disciples understood what he was saying. Yep, that makes sense. He told them that he would send the Holy Spirit, just as God had promised to be their helper. Sounds good. After Jesus had spent 40 days with the disciples and appeared to many people, he led the disciples to a place called Bethany. Jesus blessed the disciples and told them to go out and tell the whole world about him and the good news of forgiveness and make disciples of them. Then he said, Be sure of this I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Then Jesus was taken into heaven to sit at the right hand of God. Not long after that, the Holy Spirit did come to the disciples to be their helper. The disciples knew that God would truly be with them always. And the Holy Spirit is still with us today, for Jesus promised that he would be with us to the end of the age and he is.
0: So, like, like I was saying last week, we preach Christ crucified, but not, that, not just that. We preach Christ risen as well. But this week, we're pointing out that you might think to yourself, oh, I could never be a Christian. It's too hard, it's too difficult. But we've given, where God gives us the Holy Spirit to empower us and give us the strength and to live in and through us by, and that, that is his strength. That is his strength. So, we're gonna uh, watch a little video now. It's, it's some boys and girls singing. I'd never heard this song before. It's so hard to get a video to do with the Spirit of God, but the Spirit of God is the third part of the Trinity. He wants us to worship Jesus and exalt Jesus. So, it's very important that we understand him. It's very important that we have him in our lives. So. This is, a, this is a little song that maybe we'll learn for the future. And we'll just remain seated for this. It's called Spirit of God. So, uh, Sunday Club and uh, Bible class are are going to go out now, if anyone wants to join them. Um, Okay. And if anyone ever has any questions about anything that we're doing in the service that you maybe don't understand or you'd like to know a wee bit more about, Please feel free to talk to myself or to Billy or at one of the elders, or just uh, don't go home uh, without asking. Okay. And now your offering will be received. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you say, be still and know that I am God. Lord, we know in this busy world, there are times when we need to be still, times when we need to allow our minds to calm down and the peace to reign in our hearts. that We might hear what you're saying to us. Father, I pray this morning that if there's anyone here who is anxious, who is going through a tough time, that, Father, that they might be able to come and give their heart towards You, look to You for Your peace and Your direction, and for Your presence in their hearts and lives. Lord, we give our offerings to You now because um, everything we go to do, often it's to do with we we have to fund it, and uh but lord i thank you for the generosity of people here in ballycrocken who give that we might see young people uh, and all within the community come to know jesus christ as their lord and savior and that this church might be a church that helps people that supports people that cares for people pray god bless us uh, these offerings we pray and use them for your glory in jesus name amen Thank mm-hmm. As you know, it was the General Assembly during the week, and uh, it was it was great to hear of some churches that were thriving in the south of Ireland. It was, that was a real encouragement, but it was also sad to hear of some churches that were being dissolved, that were just uh, fading away with, with, with the way society is at the moment. People weren't coming, and um, I've been thinking during the week, I was reading Hebrews 11, which is really about the heroes of faith, people of God who had faith, just ordinary folk. And I put this we prayer together, I go working through Hebrews 11. We prayer in, for individuals, but also for us as a church, as a body, uh, for the future. Um, we don't know what the future holds, but we know that God holds the future. And uh, we know that He has plans for us. Uh, to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us a hope of future, to bless us. So, um, let's, let's just pray. Father, give us the faith of Noah to prepare for what's ahead, which we do not yet see. Give us the faith of Abraham to obey your call when we don't know where we're going. Give us the faith of Isaac to bless our children and grandchildren that you've gifted to us. Give us the faith of Jacob to wrestle in prayer with you and not give up. Give us the faith of Joseph, who in a dark place waited for your purpose to be fulfilled. Give us the faith of Moses to befriend those who are broken and bruised, and in Jesus, provide them with deliverance. Give us the faith of Job to believe that even when all is dark, you know where we are. Give us the faith of Joshua to believe that no wall is too big to hold you out. Give us the faith of Rahab to receive God's forgiveness when it's not deserved. And give us the faith of Peter to get up again when we fall. Give us the faith and the courage of many who have gone before us who have been scourged and chained and persecuted for their faith, those who have lost their homes because of their faith. May they be an inspiration to us to look on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who went before us and, on our behalf, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, in Jesus Christ's name. We pray, amen. I'm going to stand and sing Breathe On Me Breath of God. Of course, we're asking for God's Spirit to come upon us. <laughs> Want to finish our series today on the armor of God. It's Ephesians chapter 6, verses 12 to 20. Ephesians 6, verses 12 to 20. Let's hear the word of God. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me, that wherever I open my mouth, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Let's pray a moment. Father, we just pray that we would feel Jesus in this place, that we would know his presence. Lord, that we would know the Spirit of God moving in our hearts this morning from heart to heart, seat to seat, And, Lord, I pray that we would meet with you. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was doing my degree in in Union Theological College, I I got to know very well a Methodist minister uh, from Nigeria. His name was Abuti Odiabo, and we became really good friends. Uh, He came from a village in Nigeria where his grandfather was... He was like a small-scale mafia boss. Uh, if anyone came to the village whom he was suspicious of or he didn't like, his grandfather was responsible for killing him. And at the age of five, one evening while the booty was sleeping, curled up with his mother in her, in, in her bed, uh, the grandfather came into the house. He took a beauty, and he took him out and he performed a ritual, a tribal ritual on him. He took a knife, he cut his leg, which his scars still there today, and this was to signify that when his grandfather got too old, that he was passing over to Abute this responsibility. So one, one day, two missionaries ar- arrived in the village. There were a couple actually from Northern Ireland. And um, they began to pray. They began to pray particularly for Abute. His grandfather didn't like them. And so he told Abute to arrange their murders. A booty had grown up by this time. A booty had tried three times to kill them, but every attempt had failed. And then the missionaries knew that a booty loved football, so they decided to have a football match one day. And after the football match, they had a little service. And it was at that service, a little children, well, teenage outdoor service, that a booty gave his life to Christ. Of course, when his grandfather found out, he was furious, and he went and he grabbed a booty, And he beat him so severely that when his grandfather actually walked away, he thought Abude was dead. And the missionaries got him, lifted him up, tended all his wounds, and they brought him up like their own son. And he became that Methodist minister. I've been speaking to you of late about the spiritual battle which we're in. Paul says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. And those two missionaries, they faced those powers in prayer, not in their own strength, of course, but in the Lord's, using praying in the Spirit as a weapon for pulling down strongholds, particularly in a Buddhist life. You know, this is is important to grasp this this morning, In our own strength, without the Holy Spirit, we are going nowhere. Think about it. When we came to faith in Jesus Christ, it was by the Spirit of God, wasn't it? A few years ago, I was walking our golden Labrador in Sturban when suddenly my eyesight went funny. And massive floaters were there. There were flashes of light. It was very hard to see. And it turned out that my retina wasn't attached, thankfully, but there were tears in my eye. They needed repaired by a surgeon. But it was like trying to see through an extremely dirty window. In Second Corinthians 4 4, Paul writes that the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they will not see the light of the gospel. When it comes to their understanding of the gospel everything looks unclear. It's like looking through a dirty window. But when God's Spirit moves within a man or a woman, and they receive Jesus Christ, the window is washed clean. And they begin to see who Christ is. They begin to see His purpose on earth. It's like a light comes on in their spiritual understanding. And we're told by John, as many as received Jesus Christ, to them he gave the right to become children of God, born not of blood nor the will of man, not by man's intervention, but of God, born from above, born from God. And when we receive Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit, and he helps us to interpret and understand the scriptures. And that's what's happening when the scriptures, some people will say, the scriptures were dead to me. Until when I give my life to Jesus Christ, suddenly it was like a light came on and they were relevant for my life. And that's what's happening because it's the presence of the Holy Spirit has come within them. So when we come to faith in Christ, it's because of what Christ done on the cross and his resurrection. But it's the Holy Spirit who opens the eyes of our hearts that we need Christ. If you're a Christian this morning, I can guarantee you that at some point somebody's been praying for you. Just like they prayed for a booty. And when it comes to mission as well, to reaching others for Christ, again, it's down to the Spirit of God connecting us, empowering us. Matthew 28, Jesus tells his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations. will If I was one of those disciples back then, I'd be going, look at me, Lord, are you sure? Lord, are you sure? Look, I'm weak. You know, I ran away when those guys came for you that night. You sure you want to do this? There's 11 of us. But then he says in Acts 1, he makes it clear, don't believe in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon those guys who are sitting praying in the upper room, and these guys are frightened. They don't want the, what happened to Jesus to happen to them. They don't want crucified. They don't want beaten up. They don't want humiliated in front of all their family and friends. And they're scared, and they're hiding behind doors. But suddenly, that morning, when they are praying, and the Holy Spirit comes down upon them, they are changed men. And they bl- burst out onto the streets of Jerusalem, and they start to speak about the wonderful works of God and preach the gospel. And Peter gets up, and 3,000 people come to faith in Christ. The Holy Spirit takes what Christ has done in his death and in his resurrection, and by the Holy Spirit, when he moves in your heart, he brings it home to you. It comes home to us. The eyes of our understanding are opened. The window is cleaned. And then also throughout the scriptures, we're told to worship in the Spirit. We're told to walk in the Spirit. We're told to pray in the Spirit, because it's a spiritual battle. And uh, it's not primarily a physical battle, although it'll involve the flesh at times. But because it's a spiritual battle, Paul has been saying, be strong in the Lord, not in yourself. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the power of His might. Put on the full armor of God. Wear some of it like clothing, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel boots, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and then take up the two weapons that the Holy Spirit gives you. One is the sword of the Spirit, which we looked at a couple of weeks ago, and praying in the Spirit. Picture this young David comes down to bring his brothers their lunch. Standing across the valley is a massive Philistine soldier named Goliath. He's taunting the armies of Israel and indirectly taunting God himself. And David can't stand it. He hates it. And you know the story. He goes to King Saul and he says, I'll fight him. I'll fight him. King Saul, he's laughing and sneering at first, but eventually David convinces him, yeah, I'll fight him. And he says, okay, will you take my armor? And David puts his armor on, it's too big, it's too heavy, it's too awkward, it's, so he takes it off again. And that's what it's like, you see, when we, when we try to live a victorious Christian life in our own strength. It's awkward, it's heavy, we're falling, we're failing. And it's like that also when we try to reach people for Christ, using our own abilities using our strengths, our own planning, our own programs, our own procedures. Yes, we need our abilities, thank God for them. We need planning, we need programs, we need procedures, but they must be carried out in total and utter dependence upon God. And that's what prayer is, you see. Prayer is a recognition of I'm weak, you're strong. I can't, you can that's a simple definition of prayer. Why do we pray? I'm weak, you're strong. I can't, you can. And when we attempt to reach people for Christ with the gospel, it must be done in partnership with the Spirit of God. Because it's the Spirit of God that puts the edge on the, on the sword of the Spirit of the Word of God. And it's the Spirit of God, as we pray in the Spirit, we're told by Paul, our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty, mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And that Northern Ireland couple, they prayed for a booty, and they prayed for a booty, and they prayed for a booty, and they prayed against the strongholds that were in that tribe and in his father and in his grandfather, and and it broke one day and a booty came to faith in Christ. You know, Paul writes, "Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests." And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. You know, what does praying in the spirit? What does it mean? Well, I suggest it means praying from God's perspective. You know, I remember climbing sleeve the honored with a friend years ago. We got to the final climb, the final peak, and uh, it it was like walking into a room of total dark fog. We could not see six feet ahead of us. And we managed to climb to the top of that peak, but we couldn't see the spectacular view that we'd been climbing to go and see. It was just, we couldn't see six feet in front of us. We sat down with a hot chocolate against the wall, and we drank our hot chocolate. And when we pray in the flesh, that's why it can be so hard at times. When we pray in our own steam, out of our own ability, it can be a bit like trying to hit a dartboard in thick fog. We're praying for stuff because we think it's our duty to do so, and because we think that we should, but we don't have that sense of direction that God wants me to do this. And praying in the spirit is about bringing God in, his presence into our prayers. You know, I often start praying feeling like I'm in a thick fog and I don't know what to pray for. But as I move on, it's like there's, the shackles are broken and clouds are moving and my prayers begin to flow as the Holy Spirit begins to mi- bring to mind one thing after another. And that's why I want to encourage you to pray pray. Because sometimes it's hard to pray and you feel like you're in a thick fog. But what's important is that if you're finding it tough to pray, don't give up. Don't run out and say, it's not working for me. It's not working. But as you persist in prayer, the clouds will begin to clear. And your prayers will begin to flow. You'll become aware of the Holy Spirit as you, what he wants you to pray. You'll be, his presence will be in your prayers and he'll guide you and lead you. You'll be praying from God's perspective. Do you remember in Exodus 17, Joshua leads the armies of Israel. He's out against the Amalekites. and the Amalekites were a pain in the backside to, the, to Israel. They were really annoying to Israel, cruel to Israel, always ready to take Israel at any opportunity when they were weak. And the battle on this occasion, it's in the valley between two mountains, and Moses climbs onto the one, one mountain from which he can, he can see the whole battle. He can see what's going on in front of him, and he, he can pray accordingly. He can pray to what he sees, and he keeps on praying with his hands above his head, and sometimes it's, it's, the hands start coming down and Aaron and her would be there to push them back up again. But as he prayed, there was victory. As it started coming down, then they started getting defeat. But it was as he prayed. And he prayed according to what he could see from the mountain. And praying in the Spirit is similar. It's praying from God's perspective. And we get God's perspective in His Word. And there are times when God puts a conviction on our hearts to pray for things and to convince us that, yes, this is what God wants me to do. There's a depth of conviction. The Word of God and the Spirit of God guides us in prayer that we can hit the target. Empowers us what to pray for. And our words begin to flow. Our prayers take on almost a life of their own as it flows. And the Holy Spirit infusing his prayers with ours. But here, Paul exhorts us not just to pray in times of difficulty. That tends to be what we do often when we're in difficulty. But he says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. He's calling us to continual prayer with all kinds of prayers, pray always. The question is, is that possible? I've often wondered, how do you pray always? You've got things to do during the day. You can't just sit down and pray all the time. Well, if we just take prayer as something which we're asking God to do, well then, it's not possible to pray all the time. Just not possible. But I suggest that what Paul means here is that prayer is more than that. It's, it's an attitude of dependence. It's an attitude of dependence upon God, dependence on Jesus, something that becomes a part of your character. That attitude of seeking God's perspective, is wisdom, his insight in every situation in your day, in your life. Paul is saying here, pray, pray, pray. Keep on praying. Paul, you could claim, was one of the best evangelists this world has ever known. Yet Paul begs them here, pray also for me. He's asking, pray for me. I want prayer. He's led many to Christ. He's, he's, by this point, he's planted many churches And, you know, people are looking up to him and probably thinking, that guy, you know, he doesn't need prayer, but pray for somebody else over here. Paul is saying, pray for me, I need it. Pray that whatever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. You know, Paul was wise enough to know that he needed strength to stand against the enemy, and he was humble enough to ask his friends to do it, to pray for him. He calls us to find our strength for the battle in the Lord, to pray, to pray, to pray, and in prayer to make sure that we have every part of the armor of God on, not your own armor, the armor of God, not doing your own strength, God's strength, God's Spirit within you, giving you strength. Please don't think prayer is powerful. It's not. It's God who's powerful. Prayer is what connects us to a God of power. I'm weak, you're strong. I can't, you can. I never met the Reverend Alec Beatty. I'd like to know what his vision was for the church here in Ballycrock, and what a man of faith he must have been to start with fields everywhere. But something I am sure of is that it began with prayer. This place today and its ministry over the past years, 40, 50 years, it's a result of prayer, of people connecting with God in prayer. I'm weak, you're strong. I can't, you can't, and God honoring those prayers. i just finish with this. The Shawshank Redemption, it's quite a powerful film. It's a bit dodgy in places, if you know what I mean. But it's certainly a film which grabs your attention. It's about a man called Andy Dufresne, who is charged and jailed for killing his wife and his wife's lover, but he's innocent. And he gets life imprisonment, and he starts to serve out his sentence in Shawshank Prison. After many years, Andy finds out that there's actually a young prisoner who can produce evidence that Andy is totally innocent. There's an excitement among his friends that Andy's going to be soon released. But no, the prison governor has this witness executed. And Andy is devastated, absolutely devastated. And his friend, who's nicknamed Red. He's very concerned about him. He's worried in case Andy will take his own life. And Andy, he thinks, is torturing himself with what seems like an impossible dream. Andy wants to go to Mexico. He wants to get a hotel, own a hotel, and buy a boat and go fishing. And Red's concerned. He says, I don't think you ought to be doing this to yourself, Andy. These are just pipe dreams. I mean, Mexico's away way down there, and you're in here, and that's the way it is. And Andy replies, I guess it comes down to a simple choice, really. Get busy living, or get busy dying. You know, in a secular world where Christians are in the minority where so much is against the Christian way of life, in a society where God is given the red card and told to sit on the bench and mind his own business, no doubt it can be very difficult to be God's witnesses in such an environment. It would be easy just to give up. I think each church in Northern Ireland has that decision to make about their future. Get busy living or get busy dying. Pray, 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 says Paul. Allow God to take the rudder and to guide us to where he wants us to be. For God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this tool, for this weapon, for prayer, which, Lord, it's not powerful in itself, but it connects us to the living God who is powerful. It connects us to the living God who can break down strongholds in people's lives, like a booty's life and many more. Lord, who's able to bring hope to people's lives where they're in despair, who's able to bring strength to people's lives where they're weak, who's able to bring Christ to people's hearts and lives To give them a hope and a future, and Lord, that's what we are here for. And we pray that you would guide us. I thank you for the prayer times that are increasing around in our church on a Friday morning, once a month, and during uh, before a service, and also uh, the worship and prayer times. Lord, we 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 we, but we pray, God, give us more. May each member in this congregation have a heart to pray a heart to seek you, a heart to seek the furtherance of this congregation and its witness in this area of Ballycrocken For many years ago, Alec Beatty stepped out in faith to build and to pray over this area. Lord, I pray, God, give us the heart that Moses had, that Noah had, that Abraham had, who went on into unknown territory God, you bless them. In Jesus' name, Amen. We're going to finish our service uh, and then uh, uh, just remind you that we have a special congregational uh, meeting. And uh, so we're going to finish our service just with um, uh, by faith. Uh, we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll sit down just and uh, and think about this and use this as ref- if you know the song, please sing along with it. But if not, just. Let's just think about by faith. and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Just going to invite Tom Henry to come up and speak to us for a couple of minutes.